This is Ward and you're listening to episode number 10 of the Ward the Bog podcast. And today is a special day because Pablo is here. What's up guys and girls? So Pablo has been helping me out setting up the podcast and he's been on a couple of episodes as my sounding board. I'm not interviewing him, even though he's a very interesting character, this guy. Uh, I hope to have him on future podcasts as well, but today is here. How's it going, man? Uh, everything's going well. I'm just going to hop in uh, whenever I find uh, something that I can add some some uh, comments on, but uh, most of the time we'll just be quiet and listen. <laughs> Watch and learn, little boy. Uh, so, today, again about crypto. Why? Because I've been looking at uh, the data behind the podcast and whenever there is Bitcoin or crypto in the title and it's about that, I get at least twice as many downloads as for other episodes. So it's, you know, supply and demand. People want more crypto. I give more crypto. I It's not fully crypto, this podcast. I'll say it at the beginning of every episode if it is about crypto or not. So you can just skip it if you don't like it um, and maybe you want to listen to other stuff. But today is fully about crypto, nothing else. So we want to talk about the big question. And that's, you know, kind of the first thing we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, I will also give some specific tips on people I follow or where I get my information and resources. Um, but I would like to start off with my crypto story, which I have have a specific episode about, but, you know, because that was kind of the first one. I'll quickly go over it again. Uh, back in 2013, I invested in Bitcoin at the time when it was kind of the first rally. So, you know, it was the equivalent of investing end of December when it was 20,000 uh, US dollars. So that's when I bought some Bitcoin. Uh, I kept it where it was and it, you know, it dropped a lot and I went up again. Uh, but I bought it on Mount Gox, which is quite famous because it was the only exchange at the time and it went bust and Bitcoin completely crashed. I think it went from $1,000 back to $100 in a very short amount of time. Uh, but I was lucky because I had transferred some to another exchange, BTCE, where I had pretty much half of the money. Um, I also placed a bet with Bitcoin because I kind of liked that. Uh, I lost a bet, which was turned out to be very expensive. Um, and a couple of months ago, I decided to look back into my cryptos. The exchange, the BTC exchange was closed, but taken over by another company, but they took some of the money that was on there. Long story short, I had some money left in cryptos and I decided to invest more fiat into cryptocurrencies. And I had my little rabbit hole moment, did a lot of research. And now I have invested in a lot of different coins. I'm reading about it between two and three hours per day. I think I'm self-educating um, about this, listening to podcasts, reading Twitter, watching YouTube, you know, doing the whole thing. Um, at the moment, I own about 50 different coins. Um, that's a lot. Generally, people recommend to have, you know, six, eight, ten different um, projects to be invo involved in. Part of this is FOMO, right? Fear of missing out because I don't want to miss out on the next big thing. So I have a lot of them. Uh, but another part as well is if I get too committed on smaller projects, a couple of them and I pick them, then I'm afraid I might be a little bit biased because I fall in love with a project like that and I don't want to sell when it's time to sell. 
so that's why I have a lot. But overall, about 70% of my um, portfolio is Bitcoin, and 12% is Ethereum, 5% is Lisk, and 1% is NEO. And then all the other 46 are less than 1% of the portfolio, so it's kind of small. Um, so full disclosure of what I own and when I talk about what I like and everything, so you know uh, that I own those currencies, or at least a little bit of them. Um, the big question is uh, about Bitcoin and what I've been pondering a lot and reading a lot about. It's, is Bitcoin going to succeed or is it going to be MySpace? Because it has some technical limitations and people are working on it. Uh, there is, you know, the Lightning Network. There is the segregated witness. There is the Schnorr signatures. Uh, so there's some innovation coming up. But will it be enough to make Bitcoin, you know, make it worth it? Like at some point, transaction fees in December went over $50 per transaction, regardless of the amount. At the moment, I think it's back down to $3 or something. Uh, and those innovations are coming up, and but other projects are always there looking to get more market share. Uh, I think Bitcoin is like 35% or something uh, at the moment. So the big question is, is like as I have 70% of my investment uh, in Bitcoin, question is, is it going to succeed or not? Because if it's not, I might lose my money. Um, and, you know, reading about it, and I hinted a little bit already with, you know, those different projects, I think it's going to take a while, but I think Bitcoin uh, brand is so big and it's the first one people invest in. And I'm quite confident that, for example, it won't drop to, say, $100 in the next five years or so, um, because people are also trading with Bitcoin pairs, right? So you trade dollars to Bitcoin. And then you need to trade Bitcoin to any other altcoin. So I don't even know in dollars what the price of most of my holdings are, but I know how much it is in terms of Bitcoin. So from this point of view, I think Bitcoin has, you know, at least more months or years to go. There might be like, like there will be more volatility. There will be more uh, drops and, you know, people will be going crazy when it goes up and they'll be going crazy when it goes down. But uh, I think we're in for a bumpy ride, but I'm quite confident in Bitcoin. What do you think, my friend Pablo? Well, the, the whole crypto thing is still very new to me. So I'm trying to, to follow everything that you're saying, because like you were talking about, uh, I don't know, Schnorr's? Schnorr's signature? <laughs> like, what, how do you even pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, these, these are like really complicated technical developments, and I don't fully understand them, but I'm... Like I watch Andreas Antonopoulos talk about this for five or ten minutes on a YouTube video. I watch the whole video and I get ten percent of what he's saying. I understand. So, yeah, this is actually like the text stuff that you should be getting yourself into, man. Because, because like it's it's probably Bitcoin. If it's going to survive or not, if it's going to be the MySpace or not, it probably depends on like how it is it going to evolve. Because that mm -hmm. was something that MySpace wasn't doing. Yeah, like MySpace wasn't evolving. Then Facebook came along, and then yeah. It was basically game over. Yeah. So, yeah, the question is how how much innovation can Bitcoin still do? Exactly. And, and not how much, but how fast, right? Because when the internet came along, like downloading or watching one video on Netflix would need the capacity of the full internet in the beginning of the internet. So if you would have told someone like one day we'll be, you know, watching Netflix on our TV, that's like running on the internet. People wouldn't have believed you. So... 
that's kind of what Bitcoin is, right? It's it's working, it's there, it has some limitations, and it has people working on it and improving the tech behind it. So, um, yeah, from that, like, I think crypto assets, they can coexist, right? I think with MySpace and Facebook, you get kind of lazy and you, you only want like three or four social networks, you know, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat or whatever. Like, if another one comes along tomorrow, I'll be reluctant to use it because I already have four, for example. And if you think about it, if we're going to compare it to social media, you have, for example, Instagram is for a specific niche. Yeah. You have Snapchat, which is a specific niche as well, even though that Instagram is kind of like taking over Snapchat right now. Uh, but then you have the, the Twitterers, they're a whole different kind. Uh, you have the Facebook people. So it's probably the same with crypto, right? You have yeah one coin for, for every audience, so say for every niche. Yes, um, but also you have different uh, categories within cryptos, which I think is quite interesting. So let's let's talk a bit about that, right? So I think Bitcoin is kind of in a league of its own. Um, I think the payment part of Bitcoin is less and less relevant. It's more and more the, the store storing of wealth, like like the digital gold that people talk about. Um, but then the others, right? So there are the platforms such as Ethereum, Lisk and Neo. Um, and for these ones, for example, they work with smart contracts and you can launch your cryptocurrency on those networks. That's, for example, why Ethereum got uh, like went crazy last year. It's because they released this ERC20 token thing where people could launch their ICOs on the Ethereum platform. Um, and that's also, as you might, if you remember what I said in the beginning, these are the three, my three biggest holdings outside of Bitcoin, because I, I kind of see it as owning part of YouTube rather than owning part of a channel on YouTube. Like YouTube doesn't have to do much and people keep creating content and YouTube becomes more valuable. And that's how I see these platforms. That's why I uh, have, these are my biggest holdings outside of Bitcoin. Another category is the utilities, and these are pretty much like companies and they actually work, like they have stuff going on already, such as VeChain, Walton Chain and Factum. Uh, I own all three of them as well, it's like full disclosure. Um, and they have, you know, they use the blockchain to work with governments and, and work with companies and um, it's actually something that's already working because a lot of the stuff in blockchain and crypto spaces is not really working, it's just a white paper and that's it, you know, and so and a good idea. Uh, and then the last one is, is all the coins, right? Um, and you have, for example, Zcoin, Monero, Dash, Rayblox, and uh, which is Nano now, but these are just for payment. And what I see here in this category is that I think only one of them will win um, in terms of payments, because I don't see, like they're all slightly different, but we're talking about something that's not mainstream yet. And once it gets mainstream adoption, people will be looking for the one that's most useful to them. I mean, there might be like geographical differences, like they might do something else in China versus USA. But uh, to be honest, I think people will find the best one for them. Um, my biggest holding there is in Ryblox or Nano now because it's so fast and uh, cheap or even free. Um, but I mean, I think there will be one winner in the coin area, uh, in, the, in the payments area. 
And one of the main differences is, is privacy or not. Like Monero is famous for being the privacy coin. What I think is that it might be slightly overvalued because crypto is not mainstream yet. And the people who are passionate about crypto, they kind of have, you know, this background in uh, like the reason, like when you were in crypto in 2013, you know, or if you were in the crypto for what it stands for, it's like against banks, against governments and all these things. I think these people are slightly biased towards privacy. I think when mainstream adoption comes, like people don't care about privacy on Facebook, right? They post pictures of their children and, and, and whatnot. Um, so people are already giving away all their secrets. Why would they suddenly stop doing it when it comes to payments? It, privacy coins will work in some countries like Venezuela or, or some African countries where, where people ha don't want others to know about their transactions or what they have, for sure. But I think this will remain you know, where it is right now. I don't think it's going to go full mainstream uh, because people just simply don't understand. Um, I think that's a interesting thought that I haven't read anywhere else. You know, I mean, you're a hacker, it's original, an ethical hacker. I'm sorry. Ethical hacker. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about the privacy part? Huh? It's 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 kind of it's a hard question because we all think that we care about privacy, whereas in reality we actually don't. Because like yeah. it's it's one of the things if you're gonna ask a random person on the street like hey do you care about privacy they're gonna be like yeah of course i care about privacy but as you said like they're posting pictures of their their whole life their family their dogs their whatever the the hell they're posting everything on facebook and then you're like so you care about privacy and they're still gonna be like yeah 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 but yeah it's kind of like exactly so i don't know exactly. i don't know okay Full, full. I mean, yeah. So we're I think it's also that. gonna like for the for the coins, the really the money coins. Uh, it's gonna be, or it's gonna come down to usability and like how how easy it yeah. is to use them. Like I think, for example, you know, fiat currencies. Like if you would have an app that makes you pay in whatever coin is best for your transaction, but you see the amount in U.S. dollar or even Bitcoin. So you don't even know which coin you're paying in, for example. Mm -hmm. These things, they could work, you know. Um, I think for mainstream adoption, that's something I, I wondered about a lot because it's so inconvenient to have all these different exchange rates. So you kind of need one. I heard like a really interesting one about uh, Bitcoin, though. It's like if you would have like great-grandfather, like say early last, uh, early last century, and they, one of them has a house in the United States and one of them has a house in Europe, you can measure how big the house was exactly in square meters or feet or whatever you're, you're measuring it in, but you can see exactly how big it was. But if you ask how much did they pay for it, you don't know because it's different currencies and then you have inflation and it's different inflation and there's different ways to calculate it. So you cannot really compare. And with Bitcoin, you could. Um, which I think is quite interesting. Uh, well, you could probably do it with gold as well. Like how many, how much gold was it worth back then? I don't know if there's a recollection of that, but I think that's why, why Bitcoin, you know, again, is something interesting. Um, what makes me excited about Bitcoin as well is that there, or cryptos as well, is that there's a lot of stupid people in it um, and they're expecting to make a quick buck. And it's kind of funny. I'm in a couple of WhatsApp groups that has like, two or three people who know what they're doing and then, you know, 10, 20, 30 others who don't. And whenever 
like those groups are loud when it's, everything's going up a lot or everything's going down a lot but they're completely silent when not much is happening and that's probably the best time to buy <laughs> uh, it's quite it's kind of interesting i think like a lot of people that have no idea about investing quite often i think is their ego prevent preventing them from doing the work like i'm actually printing out white papers and i'm reading them uh, which is very boring and I don't understand most of it, but I know it will help me in the long run. And I think a lot of people are just, I think they are, they have no experience whatsoever in investing. They just jump on the hype, put some money and expect to get rich. The funny thing is with crypto assets, it they probably might get rich, right? If, if some dude decided to sell his house and deposit everything in Bitcoin or other crypto asset, they might still become millionaires despite doing it for all the wrong reasons and buying close to the 20k if they just hodl it long enough, they, they will it will become um, worth more money. But I mean, overall, people are so bad at investing. It's, it's shocking, actually, like what I read or what I hear like, oh, so it turns out if you if you if the information is not publicly known yet and that's when you buy something that's the best time to do it so before before like i mean oh man so many stories of what i saw of what people were doing that was completely pointless or oh i'll wait until it goes up a little bit again and then i'll buy or you know all of these things i don't know um i'm not an expert by any means but i do have some experience in investing i was I think I'm one of the youngest people that lost money in the dot-com bubble in 1999. Uh, how old were you in 1999, Pablo? I was two years old. He was two years old. <laughs> um, I think I was like tw 12 or 13 years old and um, the bank had this uh, this actively managed fund that was investing, it was called Generation Y, and it was investing in uh, dot-com like tech companies. And I think I... I probably bought it for like a thousand or one thousand five hundred euros and it went to a hundred a couple of weeks later and that was my first experience with investing so I know I know how hard it can be uh, <laughs> pain is real oh man the pain is real and then it, nothing happened after that so I kind of sold it so um, now uh, so I'm not an expert from a technical point of view at all but what I do is I follow a lot of people who are uh, and I take their advice and I think for me I think my biggest skill here is that I know how to find trustworthy sources because there's so much noise out there and people trying to make money through others with you know trying to pump coins that they own and trying you know you you establish some kind of following then you buy some very unknown coin and then you make a video about how great it is and everybody starts buying it and then you sell it again or actually like some of this is like these pump and dump schemes of actual Ponzi schemes, etc., with affiliate like the BitConnect saga, um, which is quite interesting. So there's a lot of noise out there, and actually finding the ones that you know that you can trust, I think that's really important. And obviously, still having your own opinion and and you know making your own thoughts about it. So I'll quickly go over some podcasts, some YouTube channels, some Twitter. Uh, accounts I follow, I'll maybe link them in the description below. You can do that, Pablo. Yeah, for sure. So um, we will have, you know, you will have my sources or my most important ones. So in terms of podcasts, the first one is Unchained. This one is quite mainstream and it has some big guests 
which is you know interesting to listen to they're not too long i kind of like the 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 naive or the the it's on my level of understanding it's not too deep um but it is talking to some it's it's an actual journalist running this podcast that's why i think it's it's interesting um the next one is block zero this one the host is kevin rose i'm a fan of kevin rose from way before he was the first guest ever on the tim ferry show which is you know the biggest podcast in the world i guess uh and he's coming from a tech background so i think his understanding the way the where he's coming from is kind of similar where i'm coming from um, it's not really about investing. It has this, this curiosity, I think, is quite interesting. And, and because he is quite famous in Silicon Valley, he gets, you know, interesting people on his podcast. And the last one is called Epicenter. This is the proper geek stuff. I understand about 50% of what these guys, guys are talking about, but I challenge myself. I want to understand more. Um, and I like how they challenge and, and they disagree with the people they have on their podcast when they say, you know, when it's about the proof of work versus proof of stake and someone found another way to do it and then they completely challenge it and they disagree. I, I like that. You know, the, the difference between proof of work and proof of stake. No Dude, come on. You're a, you're a developer. You should really get into this stuff. I'm an, I'm an ethical hacker, not a blockchain expert. Uh, I, should, I should get into it, though. Yeah, dude, follow the money. Who's got my money? <laughs> got my money. <laughs> so, moving on to YouTube. Uh, I think Andreas Antonopoulos, he's the guy for big picture stuff. Uh, his talks, they're kind of legendary. Uh, I like his uh, dramatic approach. I kind of like it. Then uh, Data Dash, I think he's the biggest one in crypto on YouTube. Very down to earth guy, good investment advice. Um, like he talks about some technical analysis, he talks about some coins, but I think you know he's, he's done some really good stuff. He got it got kind of controversial at some point because he took money from one of the um, companies, but um, overall I think you know this guy I like him. He's good to listen to. And then there's Doc Polk, he's a poker player, but I like his YouTube for mainly news and entertainment. Uh, when the bit, I think he really mooned, as to say it in a crypto term, when the BitConnect scandal was hitting. Like, I think Data Dash is a little bit more politically correct. He wasn't he wasn't saying it it, it was a Ponzi, but he, you could read it through the lines. Doc Polk says it's a Ponzi and he proves it or he, you know, it's kind of funny to watch his YouTube, so I enjoy that. And then on Twitter, I mean, I follow a lot, and I think this is where I get most of my information. Uh, obviously, all the projects that I have money in, I follow those on Twitter, but it's usually like press releases. But then, you know, some names is uh, Chris Berniski, Ryan Selkis, and Nick Zabo. I think the first two are more from an investing point of view. Uh, Nick Zabo is like one of the godfathers. He had bit gold before Bitcoin, so he was one of the founders and it's actually kind of funny on my twitter because i think about 90 percent of what i follow now is crypto and then i have some other really famous people like the pope so i'll have like a full screen of like cryptos going down or cryptos going up whatever and all the graphs and all the drama and then like the pope with like you all have to love each other <laughs> Dude, imagine if the pope would start investing in crypto i think there is like this jesus coin thing already so <laughs> obviously man like people are doing everything it's all there um yeah no yeah i mean like vatican coin <laughs> actually backed by the church i think jesus would have liked crypto it would, it would sound very epic to have god coin 
It's like the most epic coin ever. God coin. And what would it do, God coin? I don't know, resurrect people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scam. <laughs> so, uh, so other sources is, is Reddit, which I... You know, sometimes follow, but the good stuff gets shared on Twitter by these people multiple times anyway. You know, it's like Discord and Slack, but it's like a little bit too deep. If you're a developer, you probably want to be in there. But for me, it's like a little bit too much. Now to finish off, right, what's the future of crypto? Is it going to keep going up or not? Um, I mean, if you're listening to this this far, I guess you're sold on the technology and you... You, you believe in the technology and that it's going to change the world. Um, I think it's, you know, when the internet came along and when internet on mobile phones came along, I think this is the next step. I think it might even be bigger than 5G, which we recently discussed. Because um, it's going to change so many things and people have been talking about it for quite some time already. So I'm fully sold on technology and I hope you are too. But... Why do I think it's still going to grow? Because it's kind of weird because some people became millionaires through this when like the er very early adopters, at some point Bitcoin was less than a dollar. So they, you know, 10,000 X their money. So if they had like a hundred or a thousand in there, they are very rich right now. So you can say, okay, so some people already got very rich. So that's probably it. Like, why would it keep growing? Um, but I don't don't think that's a reason at all. I think it's still not mainstream at all. It's still very, um, you know, it's still a community. It's still small. Um, and if you look at total market cap at the time of speaking, it's like less than half a, a trillion dollars. Uh, now, Apple, for example, which is a company, is worth more than all the cryptocurrencies combined, right? So I think looking at this, if you look at the total market cap of gold or the total market cap of the S&P 500, I mean, there's a lot of room for growth, If especially if this you know, this is a global thing. This is not like how many people from which countries are trading on, on the stock market. It's, it's also quite limited, yet it's worth a lot of money. And then I think the main thing why I think is going to keep growing is that, um, for example, central banks, they will be buying Bitcoin at some point. I'm fully convinced of that. And even like less is like the institutional money, which I think is waiting to be able to invest in crypto assets. Uh, if you look at like what happened yesterday with Atari, they, you know, we've seen there's many of them, like company like Kodak has done the same thing. They just announced that they're going to do something in blockchain or crypto and the share price doubles the next day. That's institutional money. That's, that's, businesses that invest and they want to invest in crypto assets but they can't because of some limitation or you know i guess you need some approvals before you can do this so they are waiting to invest in, in cryptos and that's the only thing they can do right now they can just invest in these companies that that are into cryptos and i think that's that's a sign that the institutional money is waiting to get involved and and when you're looking at that like they don't invest you know, a thousand or two thousand or ten thousand. This is about millions or billions of dollars to put in there, like pension funds, like you know, all of these things. And almost none of them are in, invested at this point in, in, in the crypto sphere. So, and it's kind of, you know, they might 
because there is these early adopters and if they invest the price they know that if they invest the price is going to go up a lot so they they're kind of reluctant to do it but once they start once one of them starts doing it and a second one comes comes along you know the big banks and and and, and everything then is going to you know keep growing and accelerate a little bit and there will be big crashes along the way like what happened in recent weeks with uh, the cryptosphere it was like is it a correction or a crash it's pretty much a crash to be honest at the beginning people were talking about uh, it was just a correction but once it dropped you know even below six thousand dollars for a bitcoin people started talking about the crash more and there's going to be more of them happening and they're going to be bigger um but you know i think i'm fully convinced that bitcoin at the end of this year uh will be worth more than it was in the beginning you know um so i'm i'm not all in <laughs> maybe to mention right because i'm quite passionate about this but i only have to, like about 10 percent of my net worth in in crypto so it's not that crazy your net worth is if you um sell everything you have like your, your house your car whatever you have and you pay off all your debts like what's left after that that is your net worth um and for me i have about 10 percent of that in, into crypto it's not more than that so uh maybe that's important we didn't say that we're not um giving investment advice because i don't think you're allowed to do that so we're so not we're not we're not we're not professionals okay so uh do your own research think before you move don't go all fomo when it's going up and sell when it's going down which is what a lot of people are doing well you can do it because every trade has a winner and a loser so <laughs> it's kind of you know helpful but <laughs> but yeah i mean overall you know do your research like I guess you know you listening to this for half an hour means you're doing your research so good um so yeah i think uh that's about it for today you can you know follow me or like me on facebook uh which is nice you can also subscribe to this podcast you can leave reviews on itunes all of these things are very highly appreciated we're still you know starting off this is episode number 10 so it's kind of going um, I enjoy recording them. I'm not trying to make money from doing this. It's just that I want to share what I'm learning and when, what I'm excited about. So, anything else you want to say, Pablo? Nope. <laughs> what's for lunch? It's just, <laughs> what's for lunch? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, on that note, I think we can end this podcast. So, um, Thank you guys for listening to me and to Ward, of course, yeah. who was doing most of the talking. Um, of course, because I don't know anything about crypto. Dude, but. dude. <laughs> I, you know, I actually have a, I have a deal with Pablo where he has, how much is 10%? Yeah, no, it's less. No, it's much well, less. Ten percent of your. Uh, no, before. Yeah, it's two percent. First thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With the initial, it's, like, so Pablo has about two percent of my crypto assets. He owns two percent in exchange for providing me with security uh, advice on how I can keep them safe. So far, so good. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing I know about crypto. Is That's the only thing he knows, yeah. So uh, you actually have some, you should do yes. some research, man. Yeah, man. If it's going to go up, you're going to get rich. I know, I know. I mean, like listening to this podcast is probably the first thing. So I actually, you know, I always listen to my own podcast after I, I publish it. 
And often I think, man, this is interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this guy talks about stuff that I'm so passionate about. I like it. Oh, man. Yeah, lots of ego there. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Uh, the podcasts are not like regular or weekly. I don't want to commit to that. But whenever I have something interesting, I'll publish it, usually on Fridays. So thank you. And we will or I will speak to you soon. Bye.